Hey traders, David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Monday, November 23, 2020. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? The first thing we're going to discuss is what jumps off the page on the daily chart. There's a couple of horizontal lines. We're going to get into the specifics on what those represent in a few moments. The other thing we're going to discuss is two cases. A, the bull case, and B, the bear case. We're going to use a multitude of charts to build each case. And then at the end of the thing, the picture is going to emerge on which case has the highest probability of working out in the short term, the highest probability of working out in the long term. We play the umpire calling balls and strikes. Whatever the language of the market is, as long as we can interpret it, it's telling us what its intentions are. The trick or the rub is, can we interpret or read the market? What's jumping off the page on the daily chart? Let's take it one step at a time. We're going to use specific candles and I'm going to provide an explanation of why I believe it is one way or the other. We're going to go all the way back to the 9th of November. That's a big breakdown candle and price is still inside of that breakdown candle having made a run for the high or at least make an attempt for the high one time. Since then they've come back down and I'll note they've come back down underneath 358.75. That's the second thing on the chart of Uber and I love that word Uber importance. That number represents the former high and from former high we're talking about the one from back here on the 2nd of September and here's the way we've been treating that number and we're going to continue to treat that number or price around that number the same way as long as price is below that number the market is essentially susceptible for lower prices and by the way that holds true for this candle from the 9th of November as long as price is inside of the high of that candle we're susceptible to lower prices also but here's the thing they can also make another attempt to get up to the top and run a test of the high of that breakdown candle now since they've already made an attempt then the next time up if they were going in that direction the next time up is it the same type of situation as it was or would have been had they reached the high on the 16th of November and the answer is absolutely not so for example let's say they started back up tomorrow they get above 358.75 and they're absolutely rip-roaring to the upside for whatever the reason is And would we want to short the high of that breakdown candle after making an attempt? Is it the same trade as it would have been had they got to the high up here on the, uh, what was that again, on the 16th and shorted that? Now, they never get to the high at that point in time and obviously sold off. But even though just that mere fact itself changes the situation, if we were to go back up, the odds on they would actually break above the high of the breakdown candle. Now, we don't know whether they will or whether they would or they won't. I'm just saying this is how we handicap the current state of the chart. That's not all there is on the daily chart. There's a lot of stuff on the daily chart. You really have to drill down a little bit. Now we go to the candle from the 18th of November. That's another breakdown candle. So where's the high? 
How about 361.50? That's over the big fat round number, so that would be important if they were over that to begin with. So here's the way we treat that information. If the market is above 358.75, begins closing candles like hourly candles, for example, above 358.75, then the big fat round number of 360 is on the docket, but also 361.50 that most traders wouldn't know to look for. Also, we have to interpret the price action, the pattern developing in the market as such. We have a big breakdown candle. Price is basically eating time off the clock inside of that breakdown candle. Made an attempt to get up to the top, didn't make it, still bantering back and forth. That's a bearish pattern and that will generally result in a continuation move to the downside. We'll get to that in a few moments. Further that, same routine. We have another breakdown candle from the 18th. Again, that would generally result in an ensuing move to the downside. What does 353.27 represent? Well, let's drill down a little bit further. Let's go to another chart. We're on the hourly chart, and you can see here we have an hourly chart breakdown candle. Happens to come in very, very close to the 358.75, meaning the high of that breakdown candle. Now, price ran a test all the way up, and this is today. The high was 358.82. So where did they get to? They got over and above 358.75 running a test, not quite to the top of the breakdown candle, but close enough. This is what it looked like on a 15-minute chart. Today's activity, right of the vertical. They ran a test of 358.75. Back to the hourly chart for a moment. Now, let's say that price stays inside of 358.75 or the high of this breakdown candle, which is 359.11. If that's the case and there aren't any hourly closes above, then what's the next move for the market. Well, the next move for the spiders would traditionally be down in that continuation move that we discussed. Where is 353.27 or what does it represent? It represents a gap left open. It's unfinished business. They came close and traded away. Do we trust that gap any longer? Of course not. It's likely they trade through that gap after coming close and then trading away, but it's of note we need to have the awareness that that gap exists, and at some point when that point exists, that price is trading down in the direction of 353.27, give or take, we should know there's an open gap and they're likely going to fill it, but we have to see in real time what's going on. That's where inside the numbers members will get the benefit of that real-time information. Like, if they blow through that gap, where would they be going? What is the next specific number of support? We'll have that number. We only need that number if they're headed in that direction, but we come in uniform prepared. We come game ready. So we have the numbers showing up first thing in the morning. What's going on inside the numbers? What we'll do is take a look at the pre-market commentary. We'll take a look at the notes throughout the day. I'll give some highlights, and then I urge you to pause the video, read the notes specifically for the numbers, and then go back and double-check on the chart to see what happened in and around the commentary 
and the numbers. You have to see if this information is beneficial. And if you're trading actively during the trading day, you could use a tour guide. This may be beneficial information for you each and every day. Happy Monday. We wake up green to begin Thanksgiving week. By the way, that reminds me we have a service announcement. So this week is going to be a holiday week. Therefore, we have Thursday. The market is definitely closed. We'll have commentary Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, most likely half a day. And then Friday, the market is open half a day. It's unlikely we'll have any commentary whatsoever. It's unlikely we'll have any stocks on the move whatsoever. We'll leave it open to a just-in-caser, but traditionally, the volume is very, very light. There's going to be no earnings reported that day, so it's unlikely we have a lot of stocks moving first thing in the morning. We'll end up getting a floater for a few hours, then everybody goes home. So therefore, it's unlikely we'll have anything going on here that day on Friday of this week. I'll update inside the numbers members more specifically through email correspondence. Let's see what else we have as the morning started to unfold. What do we have in the early thoughts? The pre-market futures have been creeping higher. While doing so, they've created a bullish wedgish formation that will generally result in a normal garden variety market conditions in a continuation move higher. Didn't we have that move higher all the way up to test the important number early in the morning? And the answer is, yes, we did. What else we have in the early thoughts are an opportunity to buy the market on an early shakeout. At the time, it was ES3565 down to ES3560, also SPY356. Those were the numbers that I had my eye on early in the morning. We're watching the northern stuff, 358.75. This is in the pre-market. You saw what happened after the opening bell. Here's the rest of the early thoughts, and then we'll scroll up. And of course, we let them open the day and the week. Let them develop the storyline. We don't have to run into a trade. We need to be presented with an opportunity. 935, they weren't doing anything. They're stuck, but guess what? They won't stay that way, and they certainly didn't. 358.18 was supposed to be resistance. They ended up blowing right through it. We're not saying it's a short trade. It's 10 minutes into the day. Just giving the commentary. 358.75, 358.82 high. It's important. Getting above would be bullish. Closing candles above 358.18 is a start. So now, all of a sudden, the storyline begins to unfold. I know where price is. I know where the important numbers are. I know if price is above a certain number or below a certain number, they begin to develop the storyline. That's the way the market works. That's why we have to wait rather than chasing price right at the opening bell. Who does that? Rookies do that. What do rookies normally do? They do stupid stuff until they become seasoned. That's why they're called rookies. Moving right along. Now we're giving some insight. Remember, if bullish and above important stuff, 360 will become magnetic. That would mean, for example, above 358.75. Now look what we have at 10 o'clock. Interesting how they ran a test right at the top of the hour. That's 10 o'clock. Now below 358.18. The numbers are important. At present, 357.75 is important. Closing candles below is bearish, period. Here we go. Let's get the lay of the land. 
Again, five minute chart, right of the vertical is today's activity. 357.75 is this line in the middle. Now check it out. They come down below, they start closing candles below, and they never look back until the end of the day when they went for the recapture. And look what happened to that same number that we were talking about early in the morning. Look what happened at the end of the day, making an attempt to close above, but they couldn't do it. What's so important about that number? 10 o'clock in the morning, closing candles below is bearish. And then we start looking at the numbers down below. And by 10.10, here's where we have a potential opportunity. 356.50 represents an area for a bounce slash scalp trade. Closing candles below 356, it would begin to look wrong. Now, before we go to the chart, I think we need to pay attention to something important. This is a blurb on one of the stocks on the move. We'll get to that later. What I want to point out is how we treat certain things that happen, certain trades that take place, certain opportunities that take place. 357 and a quarter is important. Now, price is below and traders are taking a long trade below that number. So what's going to happen? If we bounce back up to that number, it's going to be resistance. So traders who took the long trade at 356.50 need to treat it as a scalp trade and take profits along the way. AKA, we're not marrying this thing. Closing candles below 356 and it's wrong from the scalp trade perspective. As long as they get back above and stay above 356.50, they'll work back to run a test of 357 and a quarter at least. That's the trade. Now, let's see what happened. Here's the trade down at 356. 50. Here's where they came down and they went down to 356. The low in this candle was 356. The close is 356.09. Did they close below 356? No. Next candle, they spike below 356 by 11 cents. Then they pop back up and they take off. What was the high? 357.28 against 357.25. That's the trade. It was over. Some trades are small, some trades are bigger. That was the trade. It was for about seven S&P points. Never turn your nose up at seven S&P points. Moving right along. Now, what I'll do here is I will scroll up. I urge you to pause the video. Check the work. Check the commentary against what happened in the market during the trading day. I want you to see if this is something that you think you can benefit from each and every day. Let's go down and take a look at stocks on the move there were four opportunities on the board we're going to look at b-z-u-n-n-i-u-o-n-e-m and r-o-s-t did not come into the number but we're going to take a look at the chart anyway because i think there's a learning opportunity might as well start with that one and the number on the board was 106.22 the low of day was 106 37 and the market then or rost raw stores then turned around went back in the other direction so while they didn't get to the number the takeaway is the numbers work sometimes they come up short sometimes they spike them through but the general idea is we had the right number how about bzun into the end of the day they came into the number with only like two hours left in the trading day now here's what i'll say about that you can see what happened they spiked it down a little bit came back to get above and technically speaking they did the deal but i don't know too many traders that are taking the trade with limited time left on the clock look at it this way 
You're at the grocery store and you're buying cold cuts. They stamp a date on the cold cuts. You go in the fridge a few days later, you forget when you bought the turkey, so you look at the date and it says, best if used before. Now, there's a little leeway on either side of that, but you know it's about to expire. It's the same thing. You're running out of time at the end of the day. Trades are best if taken with time left on the clock just in case they go lower. What happens if they go lower like towards the second number? You need time for this thing to work out. If you take a trade with limited time left on the clock, you're putting yourself in a handicap situation right out of the gate. When treating it as a business, you have to take some of these things, all these things, into account all the time. Remember, it's part art form, part science. This kind of stuff would fall into the art form camp. So technically, they did the deal, but I'm classifying BZUN as a no trade. How about ONEM? What do we have to say about this one? Well, we have something to say about this one. Same thing about the end of the day, but this one has a double whammy. This one came too close earlier in the day. This would have been a viable trade down here. That would have been fine around noontime. Yet they came up short, bounced away, essentially doing the deal. That's the trade. We don't know how high they're going to bounce off the number. We don't know whether they're going to give the minimum or a lot more than the minimum, a rocket ride. You never know which ones are going to go on the rocket ride. But essentially, when you see that they did the deal... That trade is over. When they come back down into the number, it's not the same trade anymore. It might work, but it's not the same trade anymore. Therefore, it's really off the board. N-I-U. Adios mio. Another one of those situations where traders forget that we're not going to win every trade. When a stock blows through both numbers right out of the chute, that's the stock or the market's way of telling you, hey, knock, knock. Your numbers were wrong. My numbers were wrong today. My numbers were important. As you can see, later in the day, they rallied up, and you can see where the sticking points were. For example, even here when they made a high later in the day, the high was 3280 against my number of 3284, and then they sold off again where? Back down to the 3207 or 32 area, and then bounced again. So the numbers were important. The problem was... The numbers were important at the wrong time. The numbers were not important when it counted early in the morning. Time is more important than price. And in this case, time really kicked me in the ass. Now, I know some traders sold out with a loss. Some traders held on with a gain. Some traders bought more at lows. Some traders bought more near the stop. I understand, and I got all the emails. I understand there's a lot of different things that went on. But here's the situation. We trade by a set of rules. We paint by numbers. We have to have a set of rules. When you deviate from the rules, that's fine. You can do that. It's up to you. It's always up to the individual trader. Yet you have to understand that you're now on your own with this trade. As far as I'm concerned, at a 10.30 a.m. close below the stop, the trade is over. I move on, period, full stop. It's one of those things where sometimes we just have to learn how to lose. Sometimes we have to cut and run. It doesn't feel good. You take a hit. It is what it is. But you have to remember, again, even if we're winning, and these are the numbers, they hold true, 83% of these trades are going to work out. But that also means 17% will lose. 
Today was one of those days for me on NIU. It was one of those 17% losers. Even though it came back above the prices, all that stuff, I was out of the trade after the hourly close, painting by the numbers. There's always something to be learned from every trade. In fact, I'll submit there's a whole lot more to be learned from a losing trade than there is from a winning trade. Winning trade, you go about your business, you assume everything went right, and you move on to the next trade. A losing trade, I'm digging in to find out why my numbers didn't work. I'm eventually going to come up with something, maybe not on this trade, maybe on this trade, but I'm always going to come up with something sooner or later that benefits for me in the future, and guess what? We all benefit, so I'm certainly going to analyze all the losing trades 10x. Now, before we move on to other markets, I thought we would take a peek at the 240-minute chart of the SPY. Why is that? Because you see a very definitive or distinct thing going on. Here's another breakdown candle. The high of this one is 360.55. So it's just over the big fat round number by a smidgen. Inside of this candle, it's making a bearish wedgish pattern that will generally result in a continuation move to the downside. Here's that open gap again. I don't trust that gap, but there it is. And on this chart, until and unless price were to get above 360.55 and close a 240-minute close above 360.55, then this will generally play out with a continuation move in the southern direction. But just that I wanted you to see the perspective from a 240-minute chart or something other than we've been looking at to gain another perspective. Also, it seems to be, meaning price, seems to be riding the 20-period moving average. Can't really get much above it, keeps coming back to it, seems to be somewhat of a pivot. 360.55 is going to be uber important if we find price up there, for example, on Tuesday. I'll be interested to see how long, if any, they can get above or stay above 360.55. If we wake up red and price is declining, well, we'll know what's going on. This bearish, flaggish, wedgish pattern is playing out in the southern direction. It's good to be in the know. What's going on over in Camp IWM? What do we have? Some new highs? What do we do with new highs in the IWM? We respect it. It's on a breakout until or unless it fails, period, full stop. It's bullish. Why is this uber important too? Up 2% today, $3.55. What is this really telling us? Well, IWM is my favorite market-leading indicator. The transports are number two, but this is a number one. If this is continuing higher, is it likely that the rest of the markets are going to go in the opposite direction while the IWM continues higher? Is this a tell that the other markets are going to turn around and going to chase the IWM higher? Or is this market going to pull back because it's a failed or fake breakout in the making? We don't know which one yet, but what we do know is when you have such divergences, they will clear up. One or the other will follow suit. What does that mean? Either the S&P 500 is going to turn around and going to power forward up north, or the IWM was actually on a fake or failed breakout or a potential failed breakout and will turn around and come back down. We don't know which one. Right now, it's on a breakout. It's bullish, period, full stop. It's on the bull side of the ledger. 
What about the folks down at the transportation department? Same routine. Again, both these markets, all these markets, uptrend. The trend is your friend until it's not. Above all the moving averages, continues to grind higher, up almost 200 points today, over a percent and a half. Second favorite market leading indicator, A number one, canary in the coal mine. If you have the IWM going up and you have the transports going up, What's the likelihood that you're going to have the Qs and the SPY and the Dow all diverging in the opposite direction? It's very unlikely. So tomorrow will be interesting to see, was this a one-day wonder and these markets are down in the morning? Or are the other markets up following suit from the leading indicators? How about the weekly chart? Just take a gander at this for a moment. It's only Monday. There's a long way to Friday. But check this out. So here's a tail candle from last week, puts in a pseudo doji candle. That may be a sign or signal of a trend change. Where do you find out how to use those and what the rest of them are? That's found in the lazy e-mini trader course where there's a whole module on signs and signal of a trend change. But here's the deal. What are they doing? Are they busting out to get above the tail high? And if they do and they close the week above that, that's uber bullish. Or are they running a retracement like somewhat of a test, a portion of the tail candle, and then they'll come back down? This week will be an important week to see what happens. How about the folks out in Silicon Valley? What's this chart telling us? This chart looks different than the others. This chart is struggling. There's been some distribution. There's been some institutional distribution in the queues. What does that mean? That means some selling. We're still above all the moving averages, so technically it's in an uptrend, but you still have the scenario where we've got lower highs lurking. High, lower high, failed an attempt breakout, but a failed breakout. You have another lower high working. Get below these moving averages, and that's trouble. However, we can also, and again, we always have to look at both sides of the tape, playing the umpire, we can also make a case that off this low, the market ran up, and it's basically building energy to make a run for what? This breakdown candle high. So that can also be happening. If that's happening, the transports are rallying, the IWM is rallying, the spiders are rallying, the markets are rallying. The numbers we're talking about, if in fact the queues were riding up there, we're talking about 298, 299, pushing 300, we're at 290, that's a long way off. You're talking about a bullish day, a bullish day or two, extremely bullish. Everything would be getting a rise, a rising tide lifts all boats. What's the flip side of the queues? What's a line in the sand in the southern direction? How about 285? As a just-in-caser, I would note 285. Below 285, things could start to get somewhat ugly, and that gap down here comes into view. 285 should be support. How about the XLF? Any trouble with the XLF below 2680? Absolutely not above 2680 and we know this comes off the weekly chart this was a breakdown candle high price got above it and guess what price is staying above it which keeps the financials bullish there's the weekly chart week number one close above week number two close above we're in week number three close back below trouble How about smash mouth check this out so here's a breakdown candle high 
What's the number? 202.89. Where's the close today? 203.06. You see how they basically ate time off the clock near the high of the breakdown candle and then started to move higher? We've seen some other charts with a similar setup. That's why I wanted to bring it to your attention. That's the way the market works. They're either going to build energy to make a push through it or they're going to fail. You don't know until you know, but you know what they're trying to do and you know where the failure points are. You're 90% ahead of everybody else. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're going to pull the ripcord here today. It's everything I wanted to and intended to discuss. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.